Blog Talk Radio. Which means good morning in the ancient Paleo Hebrew. 
I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tyler Pa. I'm joined once again by my wife, Pasha Daya, in the building, y'all. Welcome to Blog Talk, um, Bible Talk. We are with the school that share that yeah that has the acronym ISBHBK, which stands for Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge, y'all. If, if it's your first time tuning in to the show, we are affiliated with schools in H Town. Shout out to the brother Quatzab, Shethat, the brother. Uh, Block of Rob down there doing big things down at H Town. Shouts out also to our affiliated school in VA, Virginia. Shouts out to the brother Kazakia. And man, the brother works. His works uh, they precede him, man. He is is his works speak for themselves. He's doing great works. Check out Israel Wear. Check out Five Minutes of Wisdom. All on the ISBHBK uh, website, y'all. Check that out. Uh, Shouts out also to the brother Zion Nala, man. Young, strong brother up there holding Rochester down, man, uh, gathering fruits, uh, working out the kinks, man, doing big things. If you all have not contributed by way of alms, uh, please do so, man. Help those schools out in VA and Rochester, y'all. Uh, I beseech thee, I beg of thee, I'm begging y'all, help those brothers out. They are in need. These are new schools, uh, just opening up, just getting established. They definitely need your help. Um, they have all the cash out information on the website, ISBHPK, um, what's it, .com or .org, one of them. Um, also want to send shots out to uh, the brothers of Albuquerque, man. It was good to see you, Brother Dawiyad. It's been, well, we ain't seen us since last year, man. Uh, the Brother Aish um, and all those brothers that are ABQ holding it down, man. Uh, Dawiyad had on some badass markets since that Passover, man. I'm going to have to bite his style. Um, shots out also to the Brother Kawa Cobb down in Guatemala. Uh, yes, we are fresh off of um, Passover, man, celebrating it anyway. Man, I had a great time, man. I want to send a special shout-out to my traveling companions, my brothers in arms, man, uh, Priest Mashaba holding it down. Brother, it was uh, a treat to be in your company and to uh, experience, experience your nostalgia and what you were feeling when we were at the Passover, uh, making 30 years, I believe you said, and then those brothers that you were there with, that you came in with, that you started with. Uh, it was a treat to share that, man. I caught some of that on the show you did previously uh, regarding Passover. Um, and I want to send shouts out to the brother R.E.I., man, and his son, uh, Kazak, man. It was a treat traveling with y'all, man. Uh, just being around brothers, man, and uh, shout out to the brother Mahar, who uh, basically, man, hooked all the reservations up, uh, came out of his pocket, and brothers, you know, brothers, of course, hit him back, man, but uh, he made it possible, man, by initiating uh, the reservations and, and such, man. I want to give uh, you brothers a round of applause, man. Oh, my bad. I'm tripping. Nope. I ain't want to do that. I want to do this. 
Yeah, man, but I really had a good time uh, traveling with you brothers, man, um, being crunched up, <laughs> crunched up in the vehicle, <laughs> being uncomfortable. It's been a minute, man, since I've uh, been in uncomfortable situations, and uh, it made me uh, remind myself that I have to keep putting myself myself in uncomfortable situations to be made comfortable, man, with being uncomfortable, that trip reminded me of uh, the fair. And I told him, Shabba, this, the fair we did down at Jacksonville, man, when uh, we were uncertain about where we were going to stay. The funds was running low. It was a fair we had never worked before. Uh, we got a, a real crappy uh, placement at the fair next to the, the uh, food venue that was not on the main drag. It was next to a damn stage that was playing country music the whole damn fair. <laughs> and like I said, it was uncertain on where we were going to stay, uh, and our money was short as a midget on his knees, man. But uh, the most high worked it out, man, and everything fell in line, man, and it ended up being a really good fair down in Jacksonville, man. I really hate that we didn't get the opportunity to go back because uh, we had a good rapport with the people, man, made some good friends down there, and uh, it was a prosperous uh, trip. Like I said, I wish we just could have stayed more. I wish we could have talked uh, in Jacksonville, man, because uh, Jacksonville definitely needed because the violence there back then was off the chain. I'm sure it's worse now. Uh, but, um, yeah, it reminded me of that, man. But uh, the water to you brothers, man, for uh, sharing your time, man, and uh, your, all your traveling expertise. <laughs> and it was a joy to uh, to be with my boys, man, and let them experience that. Uh, I was going back and forth with it on whether or not I wanted them to go because uh, them tickets was expensive, man. Hell, everything in VA was expensive as hell. Uh, but I was going back and forth with it, man, but I see that uh, – and Barkat Yahabashi, I'll say all praise to the Most High in Christ. I made a good decision, the right decision, man, exposing them to that, man, uh, not just to travel, uh, but just being around different Israelites and uh, being made uncomfortable, being made uncomfortable, y'all. And this is so important for us to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations because, remember, um, it tells us that we need to rehearse the righteous acts, Right? So all that we're doing is rehearsal. You know, I was reminded of this too, Michelle, when I was listening to the show the other day. And uh, it was a, a, a bit of confusion going on about uh, when Passover actually started, the Feast of Unleavened Bread started. And uh, even that Passover, the brothers were talking about uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread ended on, I think they said Sunday or something, but it was the wrong day. And me thinking that it ended on Wednesday night, and then to hear your broadcast shit, it ended on Thursday night. And I'm like, you know, like, damn, 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 messed up, messed up, messed up, messed up. But the reality of it is, y'all, this is rehearsal. You know, I had to remind myself of that. It's a rehearsal, man. And in the rehearsal, you work the kinks out. You ain't going to get everything right. You're going to mess up, even uh, when athletes practice. You know, they practice the drill a thousand times, and they, they might mess up out of the thousand times they practice it 900 times, <laughs> you know. That's just the way uh, practice goes, but they eventually get it right. And we will eventually get it right, man. 
when your house shot comes back, man, he puts everything in order, man. So if you were a brother that was going through changes on what day it was and whether or not you missed it and if you kept it right and this and so on and so forth, learn from the experience of the, of the previous year. <laughs> and next year, don't make the same mistakes. I know for myself, I should have been communicating more to get those dates and not leaning to my own, own understanding. Um, in an effort to, like I said, have a better rehearsal and to be unified, man. Definitely that. But um, all praises to the Most High Christ, man. I had a great time. Uh, it was good to see all the brothers and sisters and the new additions, uh, the little ones, the children, man. The children, the children, the children. Man, I love to see that, man. And uh, Kazaki's boy, uh, Mar Waller, man. I remember when he was an arm baby. I remember he was an arm baby. This dude now, he's about as tall as me, man. <laughs> a young man now in this truth, man. And that is really uh, joyous to see, man. Um, out of fact, let me get this. I got a little time, y'all. I know I'm talking a lot, but uh, got a lot I want to say. It's in one of the Johns. Let me find it real quick. Here it is. Uh, this is Second John chapter one and verse four. There's only one chapter. Second John. So Second John one four. You got it. Okay. Bree? I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children. That I found of who? Of thy children. I found of your children, <laughs> the offsprings. And we are the offspring of the Father, and then we have offsprings. So listen to what he's saying. Read again from the top. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. <laughs> it's a joyous thing that we walk in the truth and we raise our children up so that they are walking in the truth, man. It's a joyous occasion. This is why I get so excited when I see the children, man. Like, it's like, like I said, go from being orange babies, man, to young men in this troop or young ladies in this troop, man. And I also want to send a shout-out to the sisters, man, for all the work that they put in. I know there was a lot of sisters that didn't get no sleep, didn't get no rest, and was putting them warmest together, as they do every year, man. Uh, Passover is uh, a crash course in sewing <laughs> for you new sisters, for you uh, uh, mid-level sisters, for you age sisters. Uh, read it again. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. So it's not an option, y'all. This is a commandment from the Father that we teach our children and we raise our children up in the knowledge of the truth. Let's prove that. Let's get uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 6. You got that? Yeah. Read. Keep therefore and do them. I'm sorry. Uh, let's read up a little bit. <clears throat> Um, no, nah, you know what? 
Let me hit the chapter one. Let's go to Deuteronomy 6. This is what I wanted. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Mm-hmm. Hear, O Israel, mm-hmm. the Lord our God is one Lord. That's what it means. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Read. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day, that is the commandment and order, read, shall be in thine heart, the mind, read, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Half ass to the children. Diligently. On and off. Diligently. Inconsistent. Diligently. The word diligent means painstaking effort, y'all. We have to put forth painstaking effort to teach our children the ways of the Most High. I know I'm guilty of this, man. Being consistent. I got to be more consistent. It says, Thou shalt teach them diligently. Children, read. Unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. When we sitting in the house, we're supposed to be uh, watching YouTube. Teach them diligently. Uh, TikTok. Teach them diligently. Facebooking. Teach them diligently. You're supposed to be teaching them about the Lord in the house diligently. Read. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down. So when we just shooting the the crap, when we just have a small talk, we're supposed to be talking about what? The most high. Read. And when thou risest up. This is when we lie down. So before you go to sleep, what should be on the mind? The most high. What he said, his book. His law, statutes, and commandments, his way of doing things, the principles of Christ. When we lie down, it says, and when we rise up, what should be the first thing on our mind, on our mentals, the most high, Yahweh Shai? These things we need to uh, commit to memory, commit to uh, read verse 8. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. It should be in your hand, not your cell phone, <laughs> but the Bible. The words of the Most High, the principles of Christ, read. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. We're supposed to have tunnel vision. That's what a frontlet is. You know, like they put on the horses when they run a race, so they can't, their, their peripheral is cut off. They only can see straight forward in front of them. Tunnel vision. That's what we should have, y'all. So I just wanted to show that, that it was a commandment, or it is a commandment for our children to be walking in the truth, man, and just streaming off of, um, or let me back in, as the brothers say, off of what we pulled out in, uh, what, the third John? Second. Second John, chapter four, uh, verse four. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all, let's get to it. Um, like I always do, Matthew chapter six and verse nine. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So be it, so be it, man. This is the prayer we need to be sending up on a daily to get the hell up out of this demonic place, which grows worse by the day, man. And I'm telling you, I got some news articles. This stuff is so depressing, man. It really is. Let's get Psalms now. Psalm 118, 24. Mm-hmm. 
This is the day which the Lord hath made. Mm-hmm. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Good or bad, happy or sad. The most high about you too, he's gonna bring you through it, man. At the water machine. So the website, y'all, is isbhpk.com, not dot org, but dot com, man. In regards to what I said about the brothers need help, man. Send those arms. Oh, those free will offerings, man, help. Help is needed. Uh, I also want to make a small announcement. Do I even have the date? Let me see. Bam, got it. So coming up May 21st, y'all, is the Brothers Ari's wedding ceremony, y'all. And it's going to go down at the event center at Rolling Oaks. And Shaba always plug it, uh, Body Body's event center at Rolling Oaks. So it's going down on uh, Sunday, May 21st. So come through, y'all. Uh, this is the first that uh, that I know of that we've had um, in this camp since I've been here. Uh, so this, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a joyous occasion. Uh, the, I know Ariad is very excited about it. So please, all come through, man. Come through, check it out, celebrate uh, the union between his brother and uh, his lovely wife. <clears throat> so it's going down, like I said, May 21st on Sunday, y'all, at the event center here in San Antonio, Rolling Oaks. All right, y'all, we're going to go ahead and get to the news. So the first article we're going to read is from the Daily News. <clears throat> Listen to this. From nydailynews.com, reported April 17, 2023. Outrage mounts over shooting of black teen who knocked on wrong Kansas City door. Yep, and I know what y'all are thinking. I didn't get the sound bite, but another one. Yes, it is another one, man. It's another unarmed black man, black boy, being shot for knocking on the wrong door. Read on. Authorities in Kansas City, Missouri, on Sunday promised a full investigation into a homeowner shooting of a black teen who rang the wrong doorbell by mistake, sparking public outrage. Family members identified the boy as 16-year-old Ralph Yarl. 16, y'all. Read. And said he had gone to pick up his younger twin brothers when he knocked on the wrong door a few blocks away. What started out as a simple errand for the black teen last Thursday ended up a nightmare. The man in the home opened the door, looked my nephew in the eye, and shot him in the head. His aunt Faith Spoonmore wrote on Facebook, my nephew fell to the ground and the man shot him again. He shot him in the the head. And then he shoots him again, man. <sighs> Go ahead. She continued, Ralph was then able to get up and run to the neighbor's house looking for help. Now, only by the will of the Most High, man. All praises to the Most High. All praises to Yahweh Shai. That this young brother is still alive. So much so that he was coherent to run and try to get some help. Read. Unfortunately, he had to run to three different homes before someone finally agreed to help him. Yeah, three different homes. So what neighborhood do you think he was in? What neighborhood does it sound like to y'all? He got to run to three different places. Matter of fact, read on in the article. Here's another clue. Read. Uh, He had to run to three different homes before someone finally agreed to help him 
after he was told to lie on the ground with his hands up. They told him to lie down with his hands up after being shot in the head and in the arm. What neighborhood do you think this was? Read. The jazz musician who plays multiple instruments and is in his school's marching band with dreams of majoring in chemical engineering at Texas A&M now faces a long road to recovery, his aunt wrote. I want everyone to know that I'm listening and I understand the concern that we are receiving from the community, Kansas City Police Department Chief Stacy Graves said in a briefing Sunday attended by the mayor and local prosecutor. Graves did not identify the shooter or his race, but she did not rule out a racial component. Pro- oh, man. So they ain't going to release. The, the, so they got this 16-year-old's face all plastic on the damn Internet. And which I thought they weren't allowed to do, right? Because he's a minor. Because he's a minor. I guess they got the parents' permission, but I, they wouldn't have got my permission unless they could show the fool that shot him. And they said they talking about they withholding this race, but they saying there's a racial component to it. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure out this is what Edomite. This Edomite that shot this brother. Why our people are still thinking? Well, color doesn't matter. Well, you know, those people are good people. Let's get Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes in the Apocrypha, chapter uh, 34, verse 4. Now, I know what y'all are saying, man. Talk about you always banging on Esau. Look, man, I'm always delivering the news, and it just so happens that his damn fingerprints are always on something dealing with killing us. It's, it's, I mean, and we're going to find out it's not even a coincidence, man. It's just the way that these people were created. It's just the way that they were made. We have so many apologists and sympathizers. There's nothing wrong with the way. He's not the devil. Y'all taking things out of context. But they ain't them people. They not Esau. Yes, man. They're not all bad. They're not all bad. And I will say this, man. You read the stories about the Good Samaritans, you find out that there are some good people from different nations. And I've had some good experiences with them, but that still does not change the fact who they are collectively. Ecclesiastes 34, 4. Of an unclean thing, what can be cleansed? What does it say? Of an unclean thing, what can be cleansed? These people are unclean in their spirits. They, they just like that. They're empty. I'm gonna get to it in, in the class, man. These people, they don't have a, they don't have a soul. What they do, but it's wicked as hell. They don't have. They have a a big hole in their spirit, man. This is why they do everybody else's religion. When when the scriptures tell us in Deuteronomy. It's the most I say he's going to make us jealous of a no people. They really are no people, man. Their heart is filled with evil, deceit, murder, violence. It's in them. They're unclean. Read it again. Of an unclean thing, what can be cleansed? You can't make them clean for as much as you want to. 
for as much as you try, like the tells us, in, what is it, Romans is not the him that will it or him that run it. <laughs> no matter how much you try to impose your will on making these people nice people, the proof is in the pudding. It's in their actions. Come on, if you're running around, man, are you still getting offended when we say that the devil, the, uh, the white man is the devil that the Bible speaks of? If you're still getting offended by that, man, you are beyond psychological rehabilitation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You are what the Bible calls reprobate, which means beyond salvation. You can't be saved. You stuck on stupid. We say you're sealed. You're already sealed, so I'm not going to waste my time trying to persuade you because you're not going to be persuaded by how much biblical biblical uh, history, any scripture I pull out, you're not going to be persuaded. Your mind's not going to change. Read us again. Of an unclean thing, what can be cleansed? You can't clean this dude up. You can't. I don't care how much you try to do it, you can't do it. The Most High created him this way. Is that it? And from that thing which is false, what truth can come? Oh, my goodness. From that thing which is false, all they spread is lies and deceit. How can you get truth out of lies and deceit, man? You know, this is book. I got to get it. But the author of the book, he goes into detail. He says, the problem wrong with the earth is the white man. And a white man wrote this. He said this. He says that they were the problem. And you have many of people come out and speak against them. They know who they are. They know what's in their nature. Let's get a clear ass because chapter 7 and verse 13. Use not to make any... No, I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes in the Bible. Okay. 7.13. <clears throat> consider the work of God. Now, listen to this. It says, consider the work of the Most High. So the Most High tells you in Genesis, he made the heavens and the earth and all that is in everything, every creation. The Most High made it. Now consider his works. Consider the things the Most High made. Consider the things he put together. Read. For who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? If the Most High made something crooked, you can't make it straight. For as much as you try, you cannot straighten it. It's like you trying to correct a crack in the ground. It's not going to happen. The Most High made it that way. It's going to stay that way. He made them people that way. They're going to stay that way. They can't help themselves, y'all. That's what y'all really don't understand. They really cannot help themselves. They were created that way. It's in their nature. I don't know why people don't get about this, man. Breathe again. Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? You can't do it. There's no way. You, you got to act like he's going to strong arm the most high, put his arms, his arm around his back, put him in the, uh, what they call that move? Headlock. 
full Nelson or whatever, half Nelson, and you just going to uh, beat the most high into submission and change his mind about the way he made Esau, the way he made the so-called white man, it's not going to happen. Is that it? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get the next article. <clears throat> Uh, I think it was this one. Uh, yeah, that's that one. Before we even get this, one, matter of fact, read the headline. As reported on CNN.com, there were seven mass shootings on Saturday, the most of any day this year. Seven damn mass shootings in one day. It's the most of this year, man. I really don't know what it's coming to, man. I know we got to get the hell up out of here. That's what I do know. Another one. That's all we keep hearing about is damn mass shootings, man. Once again, like I said, man, <laughs> I know y'all probably say, Child of is always banging on Esau. He always got his damn DNA at the crime scene, though. You know. As reported April 18, 2023, the number of mass shootings in the United Saturday was higher than on any other day so far in 2023, according to data from the Gun Violence Archive, a nonprofit that tracks U.S. gun-related violence. They spanned across six states, killing at least 10 people. Six states, 10 people dead, man. This is where we at. This, this is the country that you say, oh, it's the greatest country in the world. Oh, y'all know who I'm going to vote for. Man, y'all back with his hell. You know? The most deadly was in Alabama, where a shooter targeted a Sweet 16 party, killing four people between the ages of 17 and 23. And, and this, this was us, black and brown people. Boom. And injuring an additional 28. Another two people were killed in a shooting at a park in Louisville, Kentucky, where the community was still reeling from a mass shooting at a bank on April 10th. Now, I want you to understand this, man. I've been saying this for a while, and I'm holding, I'm holding tight to my guns on this. This is my, my thought, my theory on this, these mass shootings. If y'all get the opportunity, man, please go back and watch the movie The Manchurian Candidate, Okay. Is based off a true story in which the CIA experimented with LSD to, to uh, create a program called MKUltra. Or just look the program up and read about it. What it is is mind control. It's mind control because these killings and the people that are perpetrating them, it just don't add up. It don't make sense. The only thing that would make sense is if they're being controlled mentally to go out and do these things, man. And they're doing this to push uh, uh, the result that they want, which is AR-15 assault-style rifles being banned. Well, you ask yourself, well, why would they ban this? Well, Charles Paul is never going to happen. The NRA, the the, the white people, um, Charles and Heston's, over my cold, dead hands. It's going to happen, y'all. The reason being, when they issue martial law, and they put everybody in these damn FEMA camps, it's coming, they will get less resistance. 
if you just got a pistol and a shotgun. You know, and they, they're going to work on getting rid of those two, getting them out of your hands as well. So for all the brothers that think kept walking around carrying pistols and stuff, the street teaching, walking around strapped, walking around with knives, not going to save you. That, that is not going to help you, sir. Come on. Esau was blessed with those weapons. That was his blessing. Remember, go back and read uh, Genesis oh, is it 36, I think it is. I forget, it was 27. Help me out, please. Read the chapter about his blessing. His blessing was the sword. How are you going to beat him at what he was blessed with? This just that's that's like saying that um <laughs> Michael Jordan can be challenged and beaten at basketball by um some white boy. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Michael Jordan in his prime. I'm gonna say that. Going to happen. Yes, Manchurian candidate, the water. Yeah, they could have they could have initiated it through the vaccines, the water for that. Why black Israelite assaulted MLK's mama? That that's trumped up charges out. We're always affiliated with something negative. Uh Oh, they did, they did release a picture. The water for this, Laviar. They did release a picture of the Edomite that shot the, the young brother. Uh, where was I at, though? I was rambling a little bit. I know. I'm sorry, y'all. Did you want me to pick up Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Both CNN and GVA define a mass shooting as a shooting that injured or killed four or more people, not including the shooter. Uh, so that's what I was talking about, them instituting martial law, how your weapons are not going to save you, man. They ain't. He was blessed with this. But, man, like I said, it's depressing, man. I, I woke up, I'm seeing all these damn shootings and all this other nonsense. Let's get Micah chapter 3. Start verse 1. <clears throat> this is why we pray the Our Father prayer, y'all. That I open up every uh, segment of Tazapod Tuesday with, uh, because, man, we, I don't think we really understand how we need to get out of this damn place, y'all. Ain't y'all tired of hearing about this, experiencing this, worried about your kids, worried about being in public settings because you just don't know who's going to set it off at any given damn moment? Point nine, man, when you, gotta, you go to the grocery store, I know I do. I, everywhere I go now, I look for exits. That's the first thing I'm looking for, exercise. And just in case, I got to get the hell up out of here, man. To where I got to uh, I gotta uh, sit down and talk to my children about what if a mass shooting pop off at the school, what to do. They got instructions, man. I had to tell them, hey, don't, don't wait for one another. Don't go look for one another. Get out of the building. Get out. I gave them meeting points, where they can meet up at after they get out of the building. And I gave them a time to wait for each other. If they don't show up, come on home. Y'all know the way home. 
this is where we at in this damn place. Y'all keep trying to vote in every election and think y'all citizens and all this up. This place is disgusting, man. Even its own citizens know it. Read this. Micah 3.1. And I said, here I pray you, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment? I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. Uh, it's chapter 4, actually. Okay. Micah 4 and 1. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established. The mountain is talking about the government. That's the highest you can get. That's why it's referred to as a mountain. The government of the house of the Lord, so the government of Shai, is going to be established, but when? In the last days, y'all. And this is what we're praying for, his kingdom to come. When Christ comes back and establishes his kingdom, do you think it's going to be damn mass shootings? Hell no. Ain't none of that mess going on. Read. In the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills. It's going to be exalted, proclaimed across the whole land. It's going to be, you talking about some damn one world order? This is going to be the real one world order. Ain't going to be no democracy. It's going to be a dictatorship. What Bean Siegel say, get down and lay down. For us who remember uh, state property. <laughs> Read. And people shall flow unto it. Everybody, all nations going to flow. They're going to follow. They're going to be under the, the restraint, the order of the Most High. Read. And many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob. Let, let's pay our respects to the government of Israel, the Masharah Yasha'Allah, the real government of Israel that's going to come. Let us be in order. Read. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. And what's going to be the job of us Israelites? He will teach us. Read it again. And he, he will, will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. We're going to teach the nations, and they're going to walk in the paths, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, the principles of Christ. Read. For the law shall go forth of Zion. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. From us. Read. And he shall judge among many people. The he is talking about Yahweh is going to judge among many people. Read. And rebuke strong nations. And he's going to check these nations, get these damn nations in order. America's going to be destroyed. Read. Afar off. Read. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares. This is the part I want to get to. They're going to beat their instruments of weapons. Into instruments of work. So all the nuclear technology, all the other crap is going to be used for some good instead of damn war. They're going to work, but they're going to have to rebuild from the destruction that Christ is bringing when he comes with the angels. Read. And their spears into pruning hooks. They're going to work, y'all. I'm telling you. Read. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation. Ain't gonna be no more damn oh this oh you you trying to take my territory or you can't fly ain't gonna be no more of that bickering and that fighting, read. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Ain't nobody gonna ain't gonna be no war. Like I say, you gonna either get down 
or lay down. Read. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree. Man, what does it mean when you're sitting up under a fig tree or a vine? You're chilling. You're chilling on your land up under a shade tree. Probably threw some meat on the grill, got you a drink going. This is what the kingdom going to be like, man, for us Israelites. This is what we're trying trying to get to. This is what we're praying for when we pray to our Father prayer, to get to those days. Not a care in the world. You ain't worried about no bills. You ain't worried about your uh, kids coming home with damn uh, Christmas candy and Valentine's Day card and all this other nonsense. You ain't worried about none of that. You ain't worried about your wife uh, talking back not not parenting with you, but parenting against you. We ain't have to worry about none of that, y'all. That age-old battle in the household for power, that's going to be a wrap when your house shot come back. And when I say get down or lay down, that ain't just for the nations. That's for Israelites as well. Remember, the scripture says judgment is going to start at the house of the Lord. It's going to start with us first and foremost. Read. And none shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. Read. For all people will walk, every one, in the name of his God. And we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. When it says all people will walk, every one, in the name of his God, meaning his authority. Remember when Christ said, uh, you've been faithful a few, I make you masters of many. We're going to get cities. Y'all, we're going to get communities that we're going to be responsible to or responsible for. That's what it's talking about. Every man shall walk in the name of his God, his authority. And remember in Psalms 82, it says, I said, you are gods. We're going to be the gods. We're going to be their gods. We're going to be who they got to fall in order with, all the nations. This is what we're praying for, y'all. All right, y'all, let me get the last one I want to deal with before we move on to the class. We got a little time. I want to play this one, y'all, so y'all got to listen up. Let me turn the volume up. Let me go a little faster. Hey, T-Sippers, I hope everybody's doing good today. So in today's video, we're about to discuss the recent incidents of violent behavior, chaos, and fuckery, honey, that went down this weekend. So if you guys do not know, all of this took place in downtown Chicago and then also in Compton, California, a bunch of mess went down too. So what happened is that basically a large group of teenagers, they caused a bunch of chaos in downtown Chicago as they said, fired a car, engaged in violent altercations in an organized rampage that was promoted via TikTok. Okay? So, huh? So, this was initiated off of TikTok. I, I don't be on TikTok, so I don't have, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Uh, this is, uh, what's her name? Lovely T. TV. Um, one of House of Dyer's podcast favorites. She be on it. But she be having some good information, y'all. Hostar uh, brought this to my attention. I was like, okay, I think I should share this in case uh, we don't know what's going on. This is what's going on. 
customers of unruly teens gathered in downtown Chicago. So on top of that, videos captured the chaotic scene, which showed teenagers climbing on top of buses, moving vehicles, while others initiated huge brawls that descended into the Millennium Park, and they had attempted to breach the barriers. Gunshots were also heard, and unfortunately, Two teenage boys, aged 16 and 17, were hit by bullets, but they're said to be okay and in stable condition. Now, I'm watching the video, man, and she got uh, footage. These niggas on here just fighting just randomly, man. Fighting, shooting, killing each other. And I say, niggas, it's us. It's us, y'all. It's our teenagers. Now, the crazy part is that all of these kids outnumbered the police officers, and they were trying to gain control. And even though they were outnumbered, they were able to arrest 15 people, but there were hundreds of teenagers who did get away. Now, this entire incident occurred a day after a teenage boy who was 14 years old was shot at another gathering near 31st Avenue and Beach. So that happened the day before, and then the kids came back the next day to cause even more chaos. The police were seen escorting innocent bystanders and tourists to safety. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the new mayor-elect Brandon Johnson have both issued statements condemning the reckless behavior and emphasizing the importance of parents and guardians taking responsibility for their children's actions. Yeah, right. Huh. See, this, this, this is the stuff I talk about is depressing, man. She said it was hundreds of teens. Hundreds of teens. And this is why I'll be so joyous when I see our kids, like I said, from orange babies to young men to young women, still walking in this knowledge, man, and participating, actively participating, not just, oh, I did this, a group like this because my mom or my daddy did this. But they actually know about the most high. They actually have a relationship with the most high, man. Let's get Proverbs chapter 1. We'll start at verse 1. One and one. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Mm -hmm. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. So he wrote this so that we would know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, read. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Mm -hmm. To give subtility to the simple. So, so it says to give subtility to the simple. Read. To the young man knowledge and discretion. So what we're supposed to be giving to the young men and women, we're supposed to be giving them knowledge of the most high. It says the discretion. Careful about what you say or what you do. I'm noticing that this generation, they don't have that, man. They're not careful about what they say or what they do, man. I remember being in a VA Michelle, I can attest to this at that, uh, who was it, Captain D's. So Captain D's in the hood is employed by us. It's all black folks working there. Now, one person in the damn Captain D's had a uniform on. It was one sister. Had, she had a T-shirt on. All these, all of them kids, they're young, teenagers. Teenagers, uh, young 20s, something like that. Cussing, talking crazy while taking customers' orders at the same time. And all I kept saying was, man, I hope we don't get sick. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we don't get sick. Wasn't my choice, 
but you know, I wanted to stay unified. The brother said he wanted some fish, so I, <laughs> I got, I'm gonna stay unified. But man, these these teens, man, this generation, they have no discretion, y'all. And I know y'all see them cussing in front of grown-ups, talking reckless in public in front of grown-ups, no filter on their mouth. I remember when we was coming up, we didn't do that, man. We saw grown folks, man. Hey, man, chill out. Hey, you see them over there, right? Hey, man, don't say, well, hey, watch your mouth. But these kids, man, they they off the chain. Read it again. To give fertility to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. We're supposed to be giving them knowledge and to have discretion, being careful about what they do or what they say, being, being aware of their environment. Read. A wise man will hear. But this be the problem. Our kids ain't wise. Most of them come from broken, uh, broken households, single-parent uh, households, the curses of Deuteronomy 28. Um, or just men not wanting to step up and be men, letting their damn woman dominate the household. So now where you got this young man, he's emotional as hell. He's soft. He's sensitive. He's what the Bible refers to as effeminate. And remember, the scripture says no effeminate is going to make it into the kingdom. It's not just talking about being a sodomite. It's talking about having feminine ways. Womanish ways. Read. And will increase learning. And it says a, a wise man will hear and will increase his learning. These kids ain't trying to listen to nothing. Read. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Read on. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. This is what the young men and young women need to be doing. Trying to understand Proverbs, trying to understand senses of the wise and dark saints. This will occupy their mind. This will expand their uh, intelligence. This will give them wisdom. They ain't going to get it from social media and all them, all them damn social media apps and platforms. They ain't get it from that. Read. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And most, all, most of them don't even have a fear of the Most High. Don't even know who the Most High is. And it was crazy about it is they they cause all this commotion and the shooting and stuff and it's fighting. And then when somebody gets killed, now they want to cry. God, why? God, why did you do this? Uh, nigga, probably because you ignorant as hell. Probably because you had no thoughts of the Most High. Probably because you never referenced the Most High. And nobody ever showed you how. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And, and this is what this would be the case. Only a fool wouldn't want some knowledge and some understanding. Read. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. This ding, 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 y'all. This is talking about parenting. It takes both parents. You got to have both. You got to have the father be the disciplinarian, be the instructor, be the teacher. Mom has to lock in and follow suit, not be going against what daddy say, what, what the father say. Got to be on the same page. You both want your children to be, be productive members, God-fearing people, right? Team effort. 
you only destroy the child when the agenda is not lined up with each other, when y'all ain't teammates, when y'all fighting women. And I'm speaking from experience, y'all. Stop trying to be your damn kids' friends. They got a whole bunch of friends at school. They need a mama. They need a mother. Not a damn friend. You only go, go, girl. Girl, let's go get our nails done. Girl, let's go to the spot. They don't need that. They need, hey, sit your little fast ass down. They need, hey, that skirt too short. They need, hey, come from over there with the boys. They need, hey, you look like a slut. Take that off. Sit down. Let me show you how to sew. Come in this kitchen. Let me show you how to cook. Hey, serve your brother. Serve your father. Take, your, take, take this to your father. What did your father say? Oh, he said, that's what we're going to do then. Now, oh, your dad said that? Let me talk to him. Oh, we got to have a conversation. Oh, he tripping. Why are you so hard on her? Why are you tell him to do this? No, it shouldn't be none of that. It should, oh, that's what dad said? That's what we're doing. What did your father say? It should, you should always redirect him to dad. Come on, y'all. You know the book is called the Bible? The book that we say we live by, the, the book that we say gives us commonality, that's the book we all should be adhering to. We all should be following the not, or oh, I'm going to follow the book, but you ain't going to follow the book, or I'm going to say I'm following the book, but I'm not following the book. The Bible is the common denominator, y'all. The, uh, the argument is the discussion. Oh, let's go to the Bible. Let's see what the Bible says. Now, it ain't my opinion and your opinion. Now, it's what God says and His what he says goes. Give me Proverbs chapter 6. Start at verse 16. These six things does the Lord hate. The most I said, he, he's six things that he hates. Read. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Uh-huh. A proud look. He said he hates what? A proud look. Read. A lying tongue. Now listen to what he said, y'all read. And hands that shed innocent blood. Uh-huh. And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Uh-huh. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. This is what I want to get. The most I say he hates feet that are swift to run to damn mischief. Let me, oh, I got to go see what they're doing over there. Oh, it's the crowd. Oh, ooh, let me get involved. Let me be nosy. The most I say he hates sex. But this is what our youngsters are being trained to do because they see this crap on, like I said, all these social media platforms. They're being programmed. You know, back in the day, they used to call it television programming, right? Television programming. A lot of people thought that meant that, okay, they got these programs on TV that I'm going to watch. No. What it meant is you're being programmed by the television. You're being told what to think, what to say, how to feel, how to act. Now it's on a different level. It's on the computer or on the phone now, on the laptop, on the, 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 uh, the tablet. That's where it is now. They're still programming. 
we have to deprogram, y'all. We have to. We ought to be aware of this. All right, y'all. Let me get off my soapbox because uh, it's 1101. Uh, I think I made pretty good time. I wanted to stop a couple of minutes earlier, but it didn't happen. Oh, well. Anyway, y'all, if it's your first time tuning in, I do about an hour of the news, and then I dive into the class. This class is entitled Never Wax Pale Assimilation of the Jews Part 4. It's a series I've been doing for quite some time. I forget how many parts I got. The information is just coming out, and I'm going to keep it going, y'all. But before we get into that, I'm going to take a brief intermission, y'all. So get ready, grab your notes, uh, grab your books. I'll be right back, y'all. All right, y'all, we are back. Um, so the class, like I said, I've been working on Never Watch Pale, Simulation of the Jews, Part 4. And what I'm attempting to do, y'all, and you can go back and start at the beginning of this series. Uh, the, the main titles have stayed the same. Uh, the second titles have changed a little bit. But what I'm attempting to do is to walk us through Israelite history as it pertains to the split of the kingdom uh, and the captivities that we've been in uh, also while showing that um, the Israelites are, in fact, people of color and not the so-called white man and never will be. That's why the show is entitled Never Wax Pale because our faces, our appearance will never get pale because we weren't created that way. And the biblical characters, the biblical personalities, uh, are people of character. I'm sorry, people of color. Um, 
So this is what I want to do. Yes, let's do this. As we're dealing with the Greek captivity, because we've got um, we've got the Assyrian captivity, and the Assyrians took out the northern kingdom, y'all, uh, placed them in, um, or took them out of the land of the north, north uh, northern Israel, out of Samaria, and placed them in different cities. And that was done under uh, Shalom Manasseh and that whole dynasty, and uh, they were took out. And a lot of a lot of those brothers and sisters who we uh, lovingly refer to as the nine and a half migrated over to the Americas. Uh, I brought countless sources out to prove that so-called Native Americans, so-called Hispanics, are in fact um, what we like to say we refer to as the nine and a half. Uh, the southern tribe or the southern kingdom, those three tribes, uh, Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, uh, were taken into captivity uh, under the Babylonians. First, they were occupied by the Assyrians, occupied, but not uh, not uh, captured and kicked out like the northern kingdom was. Uh, then the Babylonians came into power around 586 B.C., which would be a current day of Ethiopians, um, they uh, took the southern kingdom out of the uh, uh, took them captive and took them out of the land, like I said, around 586 BC. Um, and then you had the Persian Medes come into uh, power around 538 BC under uh, Cyrus the Great, um, his son. Um, what was his name? Uh, Darius, then you had Xerxes, which was probably the, the richest and uh, more powerful of, powerful of that uh, dynasty, and which brings us all the way up to the Greeks under Alexander, which came into power around 333 B.C. Um, thank you, Meshava. Man, I, I didn't even look. I, my bad. Um, yeah, Alexander came into power around 333 BC, and uh, what we what we ended off last week was how Alexander died, and he departed his kingdom up to his four generals uh, like Amacus, Cassandra, Sir Lucius, and Ptolemy, and the realms that they got, and specifically dealing with the uh, Sir Lucius dynasty. And Antiochus. But what I want to get, man, is this right here. Let's get the rest of Esther. Just real quick, y'all. The rest of Esther. I want to bring this out because it's important as we move on, y'all. I want everybody to see, not just read, but actually get a vision of who these characters are, who we're talking about, all right? So get the rest of Esther. Esther chapter 15 and verse 10. Oh, wait, before you do that, man. Come on. 
The rest of Esther 12 and 6. Mm-hmm. How be it, Amon, the son of Amadathus. So, I want, I want to get this because I want to bring out uh, Amon or Haman, the son of who? The son of Amadathus, uh-huh. the Agagite. The Agagite. Mm-mm. So what I just want to get was this dude Amon was an Agagite. Agagite. And let me see. So the Ag- Agagites go to First uh, Samuel. Chapter 15, y'all. And this is just a small recap, y'all. Just so we can know who we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... Before we go there, man, I know we're jumping a little bit. Let's get Genesis 36 first. I'm sorry, y'all. Bear with me. We went to Genesis chapter 36. And... So the Agites are also known as the Amalekites. All right. So let's get Genesis 36 and read uh, verse 16. Duke Korah. Oh, wait a minute. Verse 15. These were the dukes of the sons of Esau, mm-hmm. the sons of Eliphaz. So Esau is a so-called white man. Now listen to his sons. Read. The sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn son of Esau, Duke Teman, Duke Omar, Duke Viso, Duke Kanaz. So these are uh, Esau's sons, his dukes, read. Duke Korah, Duke Gadam, and Duke Amalek. Duke Amalek, all right? Keep that in mind, y'all. Now let's go to uh, 1 Samuel, chapter 15. Hmm? Verse 8. Uh, hold on. Now, reverse nine. But Saul and the people spared Agag. So, Agag is who Amon came from. When we read in Esther chapter 12 and verse 6, how be it Amon, the son of uh, Amathus, the Agite. The Agite, he came from this dude named Agag. So read this again. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep and the oxen and of the fatlings. So this was uh, Amon's uh, ancestor, his relative, now, Agag was the king of, jump up to verse 7. 
And Saul smote the Amalekites from Tavi. He was the king of the Amalekites. So Agag was their king. All right. These are this is Haman's relatives. All right. Now get that Genesis thirty six again. And what verse was it? We read in thirty six. We were in sixteen. Read that again. You mean start from fifteen though? Yeah. These were the dukes of the sons of Esau, the sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn son of Esau, Duke Teman, Duke Omar, Duke Zepho, Duke Kanaz, Duke Korah, Duke Gadam, and Duke Amalek. Duke Amalek. He's the father of the Amalekites. All right? This is who Haman is related to in the book of Esther. Now, let's go to Esther chapter 16, read verse 10. Mm-hmm. Stay, bear with me, y'all. For Amon, a Macedonian. The same Amon. Now, remember, he was referred to in the other uh, chapter of Esther as uh, as an Agagite. And we know that the Agites are the Amalekites, all right? But here he's being referred to as a Macedonian, all right? Keep that in mind. Read this again. For Amon, a Macedonian, the son of Amadatha. So he was uh, also known as a Macedonian. All right. All right. Now let's get First um, Maccabees chapter one and read verse one. Mm-hmm. And it happened after that Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian. The who? Macedonian. Y'all see this? So I, I brought us all the way around this way so we could see who the Macedonians were. Who, who, who was their progenitor? And their progenitor is who? Esau. Okay? I want us to see this. Esau is, in fact, the so-called white man. So Alexander the Great, Edomite. His father, Philip the Macedonian, was an Edomite. They descend from the dude uh, Haman in the book of Esther, who was an Edomite. Now, remember, he came from the Amalekites. All right? I want us to keep this in mind. These so-called white people that we're talking about as we move further. All right. Now, last week, we talked about um, Antiochus, right? And we went into the Septuagint talking about how they uh, translated the Hebrew text into Greek. All right? Now let's go to 1 Maccabees chapter 1 and story verse 38. Insomuch that the inhabitants of Jerusalem fled because of... Start at the, the verse before that. Thus they shed innocent blood on every side of the sanctuary and defiled it. Now, this was uh, Antiochus Epiphanes defiling the uh, second temple, y'all. Read on. Insomuch that the inhabitants of Jerusalem fled because of them. Now, remember, Antiochus came from the uh, Seleucid dynasty, which Alexander uh, broke his kingdom up and split it into four. So this Antiochus, he 
came from Macedonia and this Macedonia as well. He was a Malachite as well. He was the son of Esau as well, which is the so-called white man. So these are white people we're talking about, right? I want us to understand this. The Greeks were Caucasians. They were Edomites, white folks. Read. And became strange to those that were born in her, Mm -hmm. and her own children left her. Mm -hmm. Her sanctuary was laid waste like a wilderness. Her feasts were turned into mourning, her Sabbaths into reproach, her honor into contempt. So this is talking about our land and what our land got turned into uh, under Antiochus Epiphanes, the, what is it, the fourth, the fourth, and this is where he, uh, when he started the forced conversion of the Israelites. Because remember, under Alexander, a lot of us joined his army. Because Jerusalem was taken without force. You read that in the Josephus and other countless uh, books. It was taken without force, and he allowed us to practice and worship. We're going to find out that before this time period here, that the other Greeks uh, of the Seleucid dynasty, they let us worship freely. But it was something that happened that caused all this. We're going to get to it. Read. As had been her glory, so was her dishonor increased, and her excellency was turned into mourning. Mm -hmm. Moreover, King Antiochus to his whole kingdom, that all should be one people. That all should be what? One people. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> because in America, they teach what? That all should be what? One people. One people, man. Now, remember, this happened under the uh, during the Tower of Babel when you read in Genesis chapter 11, and the Most High confounded people's languages because he didn't want them to be one people. The Most High understood what he made. He said he divided to the nations their inheritance. He never intended it for all all to be together because all nations are not the same. Nations are different. People are different. But Antiochus had that same ideology as America still has to this day. But remember, we're in the latter half of the Greco-Roman Empire, which is America. Read. And everyone should leave his laws. So all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. All the heathen, mean all the nations. Read. Yea, many also of the Israelites consented to his religion. Now, why would it make a, a, a distinction? It says, yea, many also of the Israelites consented to his religion. This was huge because we were the only nation that believed in one God, and we had laws, statutes, and commandments that we followed. We had morals, y'all. We had a blueprint of how to live. The other nations never had that. They never was given that. So this is why this is important right here because we see a lot of us going off, going out of our way. I'm sorry, going off. This is the forced conversion. We're going to get to us going out of our way. This is the forced conversion here. Read. And sacrifice unto idols and profane the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and the cities of Judah that they should follow the strange laws of the land mm-hmm. and forbid burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple and that they should profane the Sabbath and festival days. So it says the Sabbath and the festival days, those are high, are high holy days that are found in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Read. 
and pollute the sanctuary and holy people, Mm -hmm. set up altars and groves and chapels of idols and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts. And this is what this dude actually did. We're going to get to that. So he had a set up altars, groves. So this is idolatry, y'all. He was forcing us into idolatry. Some of us. Some of us embraced it and did it on our own. We're going to get to that, you know? That they should also leave their children uncircumcised. Leave our children what? Uncircumcised. So by the time you get to the New Testament, I went over this last week about the the circumcision. By the time you get to the New Testament and you see the issue of Israelites not being circumcised, this is what it's talking about. A lot of us. Through the forced conversion or the assimilation, didn't circumcise our children. Read on. And make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and profanation, to the end that they might forget the law and change all the ordinances. And we did read. And whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said he should die. So. It was either you conform or you die. It was either you gave up the law, statutes, commandments, and everything, your heritage, or you die. Read. In the self-same manner wrote he to his whole kingdom and appointed overseers over all the people, commanding the cities of Judah to sacrifice city by city. So he put the law down and he left people to make sure wasn't nobody worshiping on the cool. Wasn't nobody doing it on the low, serving the Most High, keeping the high holy days, or uh, circumcising their kids. Read. Then many of the people were gathered unto them to wit every one that forsook the law, and so they committed evils in the land. Kind. So this this was us being uh, forcibly converted into heathenism. Now let's get Daniel chapter 8, and we're going to start at verse 9. Daniel chapter 8, and start at verse 9. And out of one of them came forth a little horn. Daniel 8? Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, start verse. Yeah, start verse 9, yeah. And out of one of them came forth a little horn. Which... Uh, sorry, sorry. Guess what? Therefore, the he goat waxed very great. It says, therefore, the he goat waxed very great. Jump over to verse 21. Let's get who this he-goat is to refresh our memory. And the rough goat is the king of Grecia. And the great horn is that, excuse me, and the, and the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. Now, who was the first king of Greece? It was Alexander. So Alexander is the goat that's talked about in verse 8. So let's jump back over to verse 8. Read it again. For the he goat waxed very great. So Alexander waxed very great. Read. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken. So when he was strong, and it tells in the Apocrypha that Alexander died. This is when he was, when it says the great horn was broken. Now watch this. Read. 
And for it came up, four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. So, and, and for it came up, the four uh, notable ones. This was his four generals who he split his kingdom up into fours and gave to. Now, watch this, verse 9. And out of one of them came forth a little horn. So out of those four realms that he split his kingdom up into came out one little horn, read. Which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. So this little horn is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes. He's the one that waxed great and came up toward the land of the south and towards the east, and towards the present land, which is Jerusalem. Read on. And it waxed great, even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts, and of the stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. Kind one of this last week, the stars being the Israelites. Read. Yea, he magnified himself, even to the prince of the host. Mm-hmm. And by him, the daily sacrifice was taken away. And we just read that out of the Apocrypha. He took the daily sacrifice away. So we had sacrifices that we would do on a daily. You find that in Numbers, the 28th chapter, the daily sacrifice. He took that away. Remember, he said he forbid us to be Israelites. He forbid us to worship. He took that away. That's who he's talking about right here. Read. And the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Mm-hmm. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And an army was given to him. Um, it says an army was given to him against against the daily sacrifice. So he came against us. But why did he come against us? It says by reason of transgression. So we brought this on ourselves because we were still breaking the most high's law, statutes, and commandments. We were still being niggas, y'all. Read. And it cast down the truth to the ground. And this is him casting down the truth, which is the scripture, which is our scriptures, which is our heritage, our ways. Read. And it practiced and prospered. And he practiced. He practiced this um, this decree that he put against the Israelites, and he prospered in doing so. Now let's get. Um, <sighs> Let's go to Wikipedia real quick. And where are we at? Mm-hmm. Here he is right here. And let's get persecution of the Jews. So, so this is Antiochus Epiphanes. Read his name. Antiochus the Fourth Epiphanes. Now we're going all the way down to persecution of the Jews. There it is right there. Read that. The Seleucids, like the Ptolemies before them, held a suzerainty over Judea. They respected Jewish culture and protected Jewish institutions. So they did. The Seleucids dynasty they protected the institution. They protected what we believe. They protected what we was doing, read. They respected Jewish culture and protected Jewish institutions. This policy was drastically reversed by Antiochus IV. So Antiochus reversed it, read. Seemingly after what was either a dispute over leadership of the temple in Jerusalem and the office of high priest or 
possibly a revolt whose nature was lost to a lost to time after being crushed. Antiochus issued decrees forbidding many traditional Jewish practices and began a campaign of persecution against devout Jews. Swine were strictly unclean to Jews, but Diodorus wrote Antiochus, sacrificed a great swine at the image of Moses and at the... This dude sacrificed swine on our altar. This is what Antiochus did. Read. And at the altar of God that stood in the outward court and sprinkled them with the blood of the sacrifice. He commanded likewise that the books by which they were taught to hate all other nations. So the books that we taught to hate all other nations is the Bible. So they he he ordered them to bring the Bible out, read. Should be sprinkled with the broth made of the swine's flesh. And they put swine's broth all over the Bible, all over our book, all over our scrolls. And he put out the lamp called by them immortal, which burns continually in the temple. Lastly, he forced the high priest and other Jews to eat swine's flesh. Such steps triggered a revolt against his rule, the Maccabean Revolt. Scholars of Second Temple Judaism, therefore, sometimes refer to Antiochus' reign as the Antiochian crisis for the Jews. These decrees were a departure from the typical Seleucid practice, which did not attempt to suppress local religions in their empire. See this? So originally, they never messed with us. They let us worship. But this is what happened. Let's go to Second Maccabees, chapter 3. Let's find out what kicked all of this off, man. Story verse 1. You said 2nd Maccabees? 2nd Maccabees. I'm sorry, 2nd Maccabees. So if you're unfamiliar with Maccabees, y'all, when you read 1st Maccabees chapter 1, it's really like a recap of 2nd Maccabees chapter uh, 3. That's kind of where it begins. So the Bible's a puzzle. You got to piece it together. Read this. Second Maccabees 3 and 1. Now when the holy city was inhabited with all peace and the laws were kept very well because of the godliness of Onias, the high priest, and his hatred of wickedness, it came to pass that even the kings themselves did honor the place and magnify the temple with their best gifts. You see, the kings honored Jerusalem. They honored the temple, and they even sent gifts. Now watch this, read. Insomuch that Seleucus, king of Asia, and his own revenues bear all the costs belonging to the service of the sacrifices. You see this? Seleucus sent money to pay for the sacrifices, the daily sacrifices. And he, this dude was uh, um, an Edomite, a Macedonian, a Agai, a Malachi, Esau's kinfolk, his offspring. Read. But one Simon of the tribe of Benjamin, who was made governor of the temple, fell out with the high priest about disorder in the city. So Simon had uh, uh, some type of fallout with uh, the high priest Onias. Read. And when he could not overcome Onias, 
he got him to Apollonius, the son of Cyrasses, who then was governor of Syria and Finnish. Now, this new Apollonius, this was an Edomite that was governor over that region. Read. And told him that the treasury in Jerusalem was full of infinite sums of money. So he told him, hey, man, we got a lot of money at the temple in Jerusalem. Read. So that the multitude of their riches, which did not pertain to the account of the sacrifices, was innumerable. Innumerable wealth. Read. And that it was possible to bring all into the king's hands. And, hey, man, you can get this money for the king. You see this? Us being niggas. Read on. Now, when Apollonius came to the king and and had chewed him of the money whereof he was told, the king chose out of Heliodorus, his treasurer, and sent him with a commandment to bring him the aforesaid money. So the king was like, I'm, I'm going to send somebody down to get this money that this nigga Simon is talking about that they got in the temple. Read. So forthwith, Heliodorus took his journey under a color of visiting the cities of Philosyria and Phoenice, but indeed to fulfill the king's purpose. Mm-hmm. And when he was come to Jerusalem and had been courteously received of the high priest of the city, he told him what intelligence was given of the money and declared wherefore, wherefore he came and asked if these things were so indeed. So you see the, the good relationship or the good report that we had, even though we was in captivity, the Greeks still allowed us to worship our power, our God, to keep our heritage and our culture. They let us do our thing, and they have respect. And we respected the fact that we knew we was in captivity and we knew why. We respected that. It tells us in Romans, the 13th chapter, it says the powers that be are ordained by the Most High. So we understood this. Read on. Then the high priest told him that there was such money laid up for the relief of widows and fatherless children. He's like, yeah, we got the, that type of money. It's here, but it's for the kids and the fatherless. I'm, it's for the widows and the kids that ain't got no dad. Read. And that some of it belonged to... Hyrcanus, son of Tobias, a man of great dignity, and not as that wicked Simon had misinformed. So Simon misinformed him, read. The sum whereof in all was 400 talents of silver and 200 of gold, and that it was altogether impossible that such wrong should be done unto them that had committed it to the holiness of the place and to the majesty and the inviolable sanctity sanctity of the temple honored over all the world but Heliodorus because of the king's commandment given him said that in any wise it must be brought into the king's treasury he like hey man I mean I understand you saying this for the, the women and the children but this is the king's commandment I got to keep his, his commandment read so at the day which he appointed he entered in to order this matter Wherefore, there was no small agony throughout the whole city. So everybody got wind of this, and everybody was just going through changes over this, because that money was supposed to be used for a good purpose. Read. But the priests, prostrating themselves before the altar in their priest's vestments, called unto heaven upon him that made a law 
concerning things given to be kept that they should safely be preserved for such as had committed them, them to be kept. They had to send prayers up to the most high, read. Then whoso had looked the high priest in the face, it would have wounded his heart, countenance, and the changing of his color declared the inward agony of his mind. You can see the pain on the priest's face for having to do this thing, this awful thing. Read. For the man was so compassed with fear and horror of the body that it was manifest to them that looked upon him what sorrow he had now in his heart. Others ran flocking out of their houses to the general supplication because the place was like to come into contempt. And the women girt with sackcloth under their breasts abounded in the streets and the virgins that were kept in ran some to the gates and some to the walls and others looked out of the windows everybody was sorrowful and praying the whole nation y'all the whole nation i want us to understand this all of us it wasn't no some of us it wasn't no somebody some of us was cool with it some of us hate all of us hated it all of us was praying for a good outcome read and all, holding their hands toward heaven, made supplication. All of us was praying. Now, look, let's, let's see the power of prayer when we all come together with one accord and pray for the same thing. Read. Then it would have pitied a man to see the falling down of the multitude of all sorts and the fear of the high priest being in such an agony. They then called upon the Almighty Lord to keep the things committed of trust safe and sure for those that had committed them. Nevertheless, Heliodorus executed that which was decreed. And so he see everybody sorrowful and praying. He's like, the hell with that. He don't care, man. Read. Now, as he was there present himself with his guard about the treasury, the Lord of spirits and the prince of all power. The prince of what? All power. The prince of all power. Hold this and get Colossians chapter 1. And start at verse 12. Come on, get it real quick. We got to see who this prince of all power is. One and hold this real quick. You know, start at verse 12. Read uh, what you just had in Maccabees again. Okay. Verse 24. Now, as he was there present himself with his guard about the treasury, the Lord of spirits and the prince of all power Read on. caused a great apparition so that all that presumed to come in with him were astonished at the power of God and fainted and were sore afraid. Now, apparition, y'all, is a spirit. But let's find out who, who made these spirits appear. Now, you got Colossians? Mm-hmm. Colossians, Read. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, mm-hmm. who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. His dear son. So who's, who's, who's the, what's the subject matter right here? It's talking about Christ. Tell me how it's shy. What verse you in? Uh, read. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, mm-hmm. 
who is the image of the invisible God. So Christ is the image of the invisible God. He's the image of the most high, meaning he looked just like him. Read on. The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven. Christ created all things in heaven, read. And that are in earth, visible and invisible. He created things that we can see, things we can't see, read. Whether they be thrones or dominions. Power. Any nation that came into power, Christ created it. Read. Or principalities or powers. Principalities are strong demonic spirits. It says, or powers, read. All things were created by him and for him. So Christ created all these things. Now let's go back to Second uh, Maccabees chapter 3, and we were in verse 24. Read this again. Now as he was there present himself with his guard about the treasury, <clears throat> the Lord of spirits and the prince of all power caused a great apparition. So Christ caused these apparitions or these spirits to appear. Read. So that all that presumed to come in with him were astonished at the power of God and fainted and were sore afraid. Christ all throughout the Bible, y'all. Hope y'all knew that. Read on. For there appeared unto them an horse with a terrible rider upon him. So this spirit, it was a horse with a rider on top. These are spirits, y'all. Read. And adorned with a very fair covering, and he ran fiercely and smote at Heliodorus, with his forefeet. Now remember, this spirit is on a horse. Philodorus is on on foot. He rode past this dude. He said it's mortal with his forefeet, which means what? He kicked this dude from his horse. He kicked him. Read. And it seemed that he that sat upon the horse had complete harness of gold. Read. Moreover, two other young men appeared before him, notable in strength. So, so it was an angel on a horse, which had a sword, and then it said it was two more angels <laughs> that was right by him. Read. Notable in strength, excellent in beauty, and comely in apparel, who stood by him on either side. So they stood by Hilodorus on either side, read. And scourged him continually and gave him many sore stripes. They was whooping this dude ass. <laughs> Each standing on each, so one on one side, one on the other, one on the right, one on the left, whooping this dude, Heliodorus, beating this Edomite down. Read. And Heliodorus fell suddenly unto the ground and was compassed with great darkness. But they were with him, they that were with him took him up and put him into a litter. They had to take this dude up. It says they that was with him, they put him into a litter. What little, read? Him that lately came with a great train and with all his guards into the said treasury. So the litter was all the guards that was with him. They got their ass whooped too. <laughs> read? They carried out. They had to be carried out. Read on. Being unable to help himself with his weapons. And manifestly, they acknowledged the power of God. All of them acknowledged the power of the Most High. Read on. For he, by the hand of God, was cast down and lay speechless without all hope of life. The Most High had these angels beat this dude within an inch of his life. Read. But they praised the Lord that had miraculously honored his own place 
for the temple, which a little afore was full of fear and trouble when the Almighty Lord appeared and was filled with joy and gladness. Then straightways, certain of Heliodorus' friends prayed Onias that he would call upon the Most High to grant him his life, who lay ready to give up the ghost. This dude was there ready to die. And these, these his friends, these other Edomites are like, man, pray to your, your God to save his life. Read. So the high priest, suspecting lest the king should misconceive that some tre- treachery had been done to Heliodorus by the Jews, offered a sacrifice for the health of the man. This dude was smart. Onias was smart. He was like, man, if this dude died, then we going to be in a, 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 the doodle storm. We're going to be in trouble. So it's best that I send these prayers up so nothing happened to our people. They think that we did this. Read. Now, as the high priest was making an atonement, the same young men in the same clothing appeared and stood beside Heliodorus, saying, Give Onias, the high priest, great thanks, insomuch as for his sake the Lord has granted thee life. So these angels told Heliodorus, hey, you need to thank Onias because he just saved your life. Read. And seeing that thou hast been scourged from heaven, declare unto all men the mighty power of God. And when they had spoken these words, they appeared no more. Mm -hmm. So Heliodorus, after he had offered sacrifice unto the Lord and made great vows unto him that had saved his life and saluted Onias, returned with his host to the king. Mm -hmm. Then testified he to all men the works of the great God, which he had seen with his eyes. And when the king asked Heliodorus, who might be a fit man to be sent yet once again to Jerusalem? So he see he didn't come back with it. He said, man, who, can, who else can I get to do this job since you didn't do it, Read. He said, if thou hast any enemy or traitor, send him thither. <laughs> he said, man, you got an enemy? You got somebody that's betrayed? Send him because he already knew he was going to get beat down like he did. And he might die. He might not be as fortunate as Hilladorius was, read. And thou shalt receive him well scourged, if he escape with his life. If he live, read on. For in that place, no doubt, there is an especial power of God. For he that dwelleth in heaven hath his eye on that place and defendeth it. Mm. And he beateth and destroyeth them that come to hurt it. And the things concerning Heliodorus and the keeping of the treasury fell out on this sort. So this is what happened. This this nigga Simon said it was money there. He he related it. The word got back to the king. King sent for the money. He sent somebody to get it. He didn't get it. He got his ass whooped and started uh, chapter 4, verse 1. This Simon now, of whom we spake before, having been a bereaver of the money and of his country, slandered Onias if he had terrified Heliodorus and been the worker of these evils. Thus was he bold to call him a traitor that had deserved well of the city and tendered, tendered his own nation and was so zealous of the law. So he called Onias this, read. But when their hatred went so far that by one of Simon's faction murderers, murders was committed, Onias, seeing the danger of this contention, and that Apollonius, as being the governor of Celosyria and Finis, did rage and increase Simon's malice. 
he went to the king not to be an accuser of his countrymen, but seeking the good of all, both public and private. So uh, Ananias, he went to the king, read. For he saw that it was impossible that the state should continue quiet and Simon leave his folly unless the king did look thereunto. See, it might have to go directly to the king tell him what's going on, read. But after the death of Seleucus, when Antiochus called Epiphanes, took the kingdom, Jason, the brother of Onias, labored underhand to be high priest. Now, remember we read in this article uh, how when uh, Antiochus' epiphany came into power, there was, there was a bickering going on about the high priest position. So this is after the death of Sir Lucius, who let us basically worship the way we wanted to worship and do our thing. Now there's some commotion coming up, arguments, disputes, and strife over who should be high priest, man? It's no different than now, man. You know, you got different brothers. Oh, we the true, the true home of the true. Uh, we the only ones, the most high work. You know, same same stuff, man, different day. Read. Promising unto the king by intercession 303 score talents of silver and of another revenue 80 talents. Besides this, he promised to assign 150 more. So this is Jason, another sellout nigga. We already got Simon, and this is Jason, read. If he might have license to set him up a place for exercise. And this is the dude that wanted to set up the exercise, work out naked, read. And for the training up of youth in the fashions of the heathen, and to write them of Jerusalem by the name of Antiochians. So this was the youth being trained up. And uh, and I said this countless uh, times, too, and uh, uh, the water cause for bringing this up. But that ain't no different than the YMCA today, uh, the training of the youth, man, getting the youth, because gyms weren't just places of exercise. They were also uh, places of philosophy and doctrine. Read. Which when the king had granted and he had gotten into his hand the rule, he forthwith brought his own nation to the Greekish fashion and the royal privileges granted a special favor to the Jews by the means of John, the father of Eupolemus, who went and who went ambassador to Rome for amity and aid, he took away. And putting down the government, which were according to the law, he brought up new customs against the law. For he built gladly a place of exercise under the tower itself, and brought the chief young men under his subjection and made them wear a hat. Now, this hat goes back to the uh, Greek god, um, yeah, Hermes. And, and this is the same guy. You can see, I don't know if y'all watched the show The Flash, but they got the old Flash on the show. Matter of fact, even the new Flash got that helmet with the damn wings on it. So this this hat was the hat that he was making them wear, it's similar to the damn yarmulke that the uh, fake Jews are still wearing to this day, man. Go on, Rion. Now such was the height of Greek fashions and increase in of heathenish manners through the exceeding profaneness of Jason, that ungodly wretch, and no high priest. Man, whoever wrote this was pissed at that nigga. Rightly so, read that the priest had no courage to serve any more at the altar. But despising the temple and neglecting the sacrifices, 
hasten to be partakers of the unlawful allowance in the place of exercise. After the game of discus, called them forth, not setting by the honors of their fathers, but liking the glory of the Grecians best of all. And this is us telling out. So we had the forced conversion right here is the willful assimilation of our people, read. By reason whereof, sore calamity came upon them, for they had them to be their enemies and avengers. And this is why the Most High had to bring the destruction that was coming upon us because of us assimilating. And when we assimilated, we assimilated into idolatry. It wasn't just the style of dress and their clothes and working out naked at the gym. It was the idolatry of it all. Read. For whose custom they followed so earnestly and unto whom they desired to be like in all things. We wanted to be like them. No different than now. A lot of our people want to be like who? So-called white men. Bad. Read. For it is not a light thing to do wickedly against the laws of God, Mm -hmm. but the time following shall declare these things. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, when the game that was used every fifth year was kept at Tyrus. Every fifth year, this would be the Olympics, but now they do it every four years. You see how they try to change stuff around, man, to throw you off track? That's why a lot of people refer to history as his story, because the so-called white man, because he's in power, can write his story and change the names. And, you know, they always have it on them shows, too, right? The, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> well, in Esau's case, the name has been changed to protect the guilty. Read on. Okay. This ungracious Jason sent special messengers from Jerusalem who were Antiochians to carry 300 drachms of silver to the sacrifice of Hercules. To the sacrifice of who? Hercules. They were sacrificing Hercules which the Romans got, I believe, from the Babylonians. So this is idolatry. This is why the Most High was pissed at us and allowed us to be smashed the way we were smashed. Read on. Which even the bearers thereof thought fit not to bestow upon the sacrifice because it was not convenient, but to be reserved for other charges. The other nations wouldn't even give as much um, money for the sacrifice of, of Hercules as we was doing. They said we can use that money for other stuff. But us going over and beyond, like like we always do, when we dive into wickedness, man, we just go over and beyond in the wickedness. Read. This money then, in regard of the sender, was appointed to Hercules' sacrifice, but because of the bearers thereof, it was employed to the making of galleys. Now when Apollonius, son of Menestheus, was sent into Egypt for the coronation of King Ptolemus, Philometer, Antiochus, understanding him not to be well affected to his affairs, provided for his own safety, whereupon he came to Joppa and from thence to Jerusalem, where he was honorably received of Jason and of the city and was brought in with torchlight and with great shouting. And so afterward went with his host unto Phoenice. Three years after Jason sent Menelaus, the aforesaid Simon's brother, to bear the money unto the king and to put him in mind of certain necessary matters. Now, hold on, y'all. 
I was going to read this whole chapter, but it's kind of confusing. So I want everybody to understand what's going on. So I'm going to go to the Romans uh, Bible Atlas because it explains in much simpler detail what transpired. So let's go to uh, Romans Bible Atlas, page 181. And what we're basically going to read, y'all, is what's going on in uh, 2 Maccabees chapter 4 and 2 Maccabees chapter 5. So read the highlighted parts. From the Holman Bible Atlas, Antiochus III. When Antiochus III... Now, this is Antiochus the fourth father, his daddy. Read. 223 to 187 B.C. came to power in 223 B.C. Seleucid fortunes revived. This energetic king pursued a policy of consolidation and expansion that ultimately earned him the title, the Great. Now, we talk about Antiochus. Now, this is what the Greeks and the Romans did. They would, like, name their kids, 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 kids after them. So you have to discover which one. So when you look at Ptolemy, okay, which Ptolemy? You look at Seleucus, okay, which Seleucus? And then the Seleucus dynasty, you had the Antiochus, but they were the same people. You see what I'm saying? So you, you got to really do extensive research. And I know that was the 90 second. That's the 60-second mark. But we're going to continue on. I want to get to a certain stopping point. To secure his southern flank and to gain control of Phoenicia and Palestine, Antiochus launched the Fourth Syrian War, 219 and 217 B.C. But a large Ptolemaic force consisting primarily of native Egyptians stopped him at Raphia, just south of Gaza in 217 B.C. As a result, these territories remained Ptolemaic, Antiochus was more successful in a series of campaigns in the eastern provinces, but the problem of securing his southern border remained. Now, now what's going on, y'all? So Alexander's general, they were constantly beefing. In particular, you had the Seleucus uh, dynasty beefing with the Ptolemaic dynasty, and they were trying to uh, overtake Egypt. So they kept beefing back and forth. So eventually the Romans had to step in and tell uh, the Seleucid dynasty, hey, man, chill, leave Egypt alone. Read. The Fifth Syrian War, 202 to 198 B.C., settled the matter with the decisive victory over the Ptolemaic army at Panias, later Caesarea Philippi, in 200 B.C. Southern Syria and Palestine became Seleucid territories. Mm-hmm. Antiochus III's victory in 200 B.C. over the Ptolemies caused most Jews to rejoice. So, so you see how we we were kind of uh, on good, uh, had a good relationship with the Seleucid dynasty until Epiphanes IV and this uh, ordeal with his nigga Simon and then Jason happened. But I, I want us to get this history so we can understand this. Read. The Jews were wary of the heavy taxes, and oppressive bureaucracy of the Ptolemies. Mm-hmm. Antiochus rewarded their loyalty by granting the Jews the right to live according to their ancient traditions. He remitted several taxes and assisted in the repair of the Jerusalem temple, evidently damaged in recent fighting. So, and the temple was damaged again, and he helped to restore it. 
Read. The early years of Seleucid rule over Palestine were peaceful and prosperous. Mm-hmm. War with Rome changed matters quickly. Antiochus expanded westward into Greece in the 190s, 190s B.C. Now, stop. I want us to understand that the Greeks and the Romans, they were always fighting each other, y'all. They did come together. They came together to help overthrow the Persian Mede Empire, but then they started fighting again. They always been fighting. No different than they fight now. Esau fighting Esau. That's what the hell you think uh, Ukraine and Russia. White on white crime, y'all. Anyway, Reek. When he caught the attention of Rome, Rome and Carthage had just finished an exhausting war, the Second Punic War, in which Hannibal rampaged across the Italian peninsula. Now, Hannibal, if y'all didn't know it, was a black man, actually an Israelite, y'all. He was called a Carthaginian, but the Punic Wars was the wars that the Romans had with Hannibal, and he was, uh, Hannibal was in league with um, the Greeks. They had employed Hannibal as a mercenary to fight with him against the Romans. And if, if you don't know about Hannibal, Hannibal was uh, the, the Romans' worst nemesis. <laughs> like, of all the people they fought, he was the most uh, destructive, the most uh, damaging to what they was trying to build. Hannibal was a bad dude. He was an Israelite. He was Jake, though, y'all. So he was into idolatry and all of this stuff, but he was an Israelite. But read on. See chapter 15 for a brief history of Roman expansion. When Antiochus invaded Greece in the company of Hannibal, Rome fought back. In Western Asia Minor at Magnesia in 190 B.C., Antiochus was beaten decisively. The Romans demanded a large sum of money for the forfeiture of all Seleucid claims in Asia Minor. Antiochus III faced financial disaster and diminished power. He died in 187 B.C. while looting a temple in his eastern provinces, attempting to secure money to pay his debts. Mm-hmm. Antiochus III left two sons as potential heirs to the Seleucid throne. Mm-hmm. The eldest, Seleucus IV, became king in 187 B.C. and ruled until his assassination in 175 B.C. Saddled with his father's debt to Rome, he increased taxes to pay the tribute and sanctioned plundering of temples in his kingdom. Seleucus sent Heliodorus to Jerusalem to confiscate the temple treasury. This is where we are right now. Seleucus sent Heliodorus to get the money from the treasury. The attempt failed, according to a story in 2 Maccabees 3, when angelic beings intervened and forced Heliodorus to abandon his mission. Heliodorus murdered Seleucus IV in 175 B.C. Antiochus IV, a brother of Seleucus, who had been previously held as a political hostage in Rome, returned to Antioch to claim the throne. Now, it says, read that part again. Heliodorus murdered Seleucus IV in 175 B.C. Antiochus IV, a brother of Seleucus, who had been previously held as a political Hostage in Rome. Now, First Maccabees chapter 1 and verse 10, I'm going to read it. And there came out of them a wicked root, Antiochus' surname Epiphany, son of Antiochus the king, who had been a hostage at Rome and reigned in the 130 and 70th year of the kingdom of the Greeks. So this is who it's talking about right here. Because 
uh, Greece lost so many, uh, lost his wars with Roman, uh, mm-hmm. with the Romans. They signed a treaty, and part of that treaty was uh, you would leave a hostage, and they would change the hostages, I believe, every three years. And what happened was Antiochus ended up, uh, Antiochus' brother ended up swapping places with his son. So he gave him his son in exchange for his brother, Antiochus' epiphany report. Rio? Returned to Antioch to claim the throne, an ardent supporter of Greek culture. Antiochus took the typically Hellenistic title, Theos Epiphanes, God Manifest. What does his name mean? God Manifest. You see how arrogant this dude was? Read. The new king also was ambitious and dreamed of restoring glory to the Seleucid kingdom through expansion. Egypt was the most promising target since any move toward the west would invite swift Roman retaliation. Antiochus IV began an aggressive policy of Hellenization to unify his kingdom and prepare the way for an invasion of Egypt. In Jerusalem, a strongly Hellenistic pro-Seleucid party emerged that Antiochus favored. The king sold the office of high priest to Jason. He sold the high office of high priest. He sold it to who? To Jason. To Jason, which you just talked about in, in the Apocrypha. Read. The brother of Onias III, who was the legitimate high priest. Jason was a thorough Hellenist, traduced Greek festivals and sporting events to Jerusalem. So Jason, was he was all engulfed in the Greek culture. But his brother, Onias, was not. He stayed true to his Israelite culture. Just like you read in the New Testament, which I brought out last week, it talks about uh, Timoth- Timoth- uh, Timothy's father was a, uh, a Greek, but it said his mother was a Jewish, which means what? His mother held fast to being an Israelite. His father was engulfed in Hellenistic, uh, Hellenistic culture. He became a Greek, not by nationality, but by, uh, by uh, idolatry and ideology. Read. Young Jewish men received training in Greek ways at the gymnasia built in the city, 2 Maccabees 4, 7 to 17. In 172 B.C., Menelaus outbid Jason for the high priestly office. You see how they pan? They bribing each other to get the high, the high priest office? Mm-hmm. Like it was, that was ever a thing? We never did that, man. Read. Menelaus was from a non-high priestly lineage. The sacred office of high priest became a political tool and source of revenue for Antiochus while Jerusalem took on the trappings of a Greek city. And you see, it's all about money, all about niggas trying to get money and power. And you know the, East, the, the Edomites, they die with that because that's all they're about. Read. These changes deeply distress the more traditional elements of Jewish society. Antiochus attacked Egypt on two occasions between 170 and 168 B.C. He was on the verge of complete success when Rome ordered him to withdraw from Egypt. Unwilling to risk war with Rome, Antiochus retreated. News of his failure and a rumor that Antiochus was dead prompted Jason to attempt to reclaim now, the high priesthood. There was a rumor that Antiochus IV was dead, and because of that, Jason tried to come back and get the high priesthood from, what's his name, Menelaus? Mm-hmm. He tried to get it back. Now, this is what happened. Read. A move Antiochus interpreted as rebellion against 
Seleucid rule. So Antiochus was like, oh, the Jews are rebelling. They coming against me. They coming against authority. So this is what he did. Read. Determined to ensure the loyalty of Palestine and secure his border with Egypt, Antiochus imposed restrictions on Jewish traditions and forced Greek customs on the Jewish population. This is when he came with the forced assimilation, y'all. This is what, when we read First Maccabees chapter 1 about all the atrocities that he did to our people, this is when he came with it. But what caused this? Niggas being niggas, fighting over money and power. And this is why the Most High had him smash us the way he did. Read. An edict forbade the right of circumcision and the observance of the Sabbath. A pagan altar dedicated to the worship of Zeus was built in Jerusalem, in the Jerusalem temple. So he built a damn altar to the god Zeus. Read. The abomination of desolation in Daniel 11.31.12.11, as a sign of loyalty, Jews were required to offer pagan sacrifices, including the offering of swine flesh. Antiochus placed the lucid troops in Jerusalem at a citadel known as the Acre to ensure compliance to his edict. On two occasions, the lucid troops plundered the temple, temple on orders of the king. So this is what going on. This is what caused Sir Lucius to come down with the wrath that he came down with and kill us the way he did and outlaw our heritage and our custom, man. It was those sellout niggas, Simon and Jason, that eventually led to the destruction of uh, the Second Temple during the time of the Maccabees. Now, I hope I didn't lose anybody. I hope I wasn't going too fast. Uh, I know it was a lot of information, man, a lot of reading, a lot of history. Uh, but I hope and pray that uh, y'all got some edification out of the class. If I lost anybody, please hit me up at 314-482-9110. Uh, if you have any questions or a recap or whatever, uh, you can hit me up and I'll walk you through it, answer any questions I can to the best of my ability. Dealing with the class. Um, the water for everybody tuning in. The water Mashaba for hooking up the broadcast. And uh, until then, next week, Lord willing, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Tuzza Pop. Tuesday. Tuzza Pop. Tuesday. Tuzza Pop. Tuesday. Every Tuesday. And with that, y'all, we're going to say, Shalom. Shalom.